Ajax low havoc cows. Chasing C notes. The podcast. And you are. My name is Chasing C notes. Welcome to the jungle. Who wants to smoke? I didn't think so. Use a joke. About to get your ankles broke. Chasing C notes. Chasing C notes. Chasing C notes. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Chasing Sino's Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sarek, and I'm always joined by my co-host, Larry. What's going on, Larry? What's going on, my man? We're doing this. We're doing this. Let's go. We're definitely doing it. Welcome. This is uh, season one, episode number four, and we're recording this on February 11th. You know, the date is Super Bowl Sunday, but... We're not here to talk about the NFL. We're here to talk about the NBA. Larry, the Boston Celtics are 40 and 12. I know that we were supposed to do the show two weeks ago, but I wanted the trade deadline to go through before we even talk. But we're definitely going to talk about the Boston Celtics moves. But as usual, we'll have the NBA news. We'll have our Tommy points. We'll have our GM roundtable, and then we'll have our power rankings. So, Larry, let's start with the NBA, and we're going to rewind the news for because we missed a lot of weeks. So, let's go with what I wrote down here as NBA news. Is Spolstar got the extension, Larry, and we were just talking about how Spolstra was making all this money, but now he got extended. So how do you feel, Larry? How do you feel about Spolstra getting that extension? Uh, I think it was it was long overdue. You know, I don't know why they waste their time with he's Lamar Jackson and Spolstra. These these things are common sense. Uh, so I think uh, you know it was good that he he got that, and uh, I think now they can focus on on, on bigger things like like getting back to the playoffs. Yeah, I think Pat Riley, you know. Once he's committed to certain people, especially the coach staff, the coaching staff, it was a it was a no brainer. They were going to do it anyway. So I'm glad he's probably like the top five in the NBA as coaches go. So I'm not mad at it at all. I, I think if you have a good coach, you better keep him. You better keep him. Yes. Yes. Larry, I wanted to talk to you about this 65 game rule because... To be honest with you, I didn't know that this rule was implemented to the NBA this year. Um, so basically, what I what I know about this rule is that you must be to be eligible for any kind of award. You have to place at least sixty five games. Um, what's I was trying to wrap my head around it. So what's what do you think, Larry? is the main purpose of this rule? Uh, I think it's a great rule. It's been around for a while. And I know that, you know, there's there can be a player that may play 60 games, but they may not qualify. I think you need to have enough games in play. I like it because it, it, it prevents someone from sitting out of a game. Um, and that way you can see them in their true form. They might even have to play a back-to-back. So we can actually see how they play when they're tired. So I, I like it, um, you know, and I think that 
there's you know there's there's ways that you can if they didn't have that they would it'd be a lot of people like you know shooting like 10 threes and they never shoot another one and end up winning that uh, most threes in the you know whatever it was but uh for percentages uh, so i think it's, it's a good rule to have um i think that we need to get to 65 games for the season we play too many games a lot of players um you know are not are not really excited until it gets to playoff and sometimes it just gives us bad basketball um so i think we need to get in that 65 to 70 game rule um and then then of course that number would have to go down um so it would probably be like maybe a like 50 games like that like the lockout year play 50 games get an award and we're only playing like maybe 70 games a year yeah i think this is a good rule and i think I think if you look at it, it's not really punishing players. It's just saying to whoever's the man, whoever's the front office manager, it's like, hey, if you want this guy to get the MVP award or to be eligible for any kind of award, he must play 65 games. And I think that most teams were doing this anyways, maybe even more games they were missing. So the fact that the NBA saying no you have to play 65 games no matter what you know I think that you can't skip some of those back-to-back games as long as you still eligible for that 65 game rule so I'm not mad at it I think that putting you know eligibility criteria on these awards it's a good thing I think that you know and like you said and we'll get to it as far as the scoring, but 81 games is just a lot of games. Plus playoffs is just a lot of games. So yeah, maybe in the future they'll cut it down to 65, but I just don't see it. But I, I like this rule a lot. Um, actually, actually 83, because if you actually play the championship in season tournament game, you're playing one extra game that's not counted. So really 83 games that these guys are playing. Yeah, so even more games. So even yeah. more games. They went up. They went up and not down. So, uh, but uh, yeah, and then also, you know, I'm curious about how many players have something like this in their contract uh, that they have to play a certain amount of games to get incentives. Um, I know that exists, and I know some of these players have that because some of these players, you know, you know, especially some of these injury-prone players like your, your. Chris Pauls and your Kyrie Irvins and the ones that seem like they never can play a whole season. Uh, pretty sure they have that in their contract. Yeah, this definitely, if you're an older player, you're getting punished with this incentives. But at the same time, it's an incentive. So you're going to get your base contract and then whatever extra you think you can make, make it. You know, go out and bowl out. Make it. Um Larry, I quickly saw this. The 2026 All-Star Game is going to be in L.A. instead of Boston. Is this just because they're going to have a brand new stadium or is this because no one likes Boston? We always have this problem. I mean, how many how many uh, Super Bowls have you seen in, 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 Patriot, in Patriots town? Um, they they have this thing about the cold. Uh, I know we had that one game in Detroit, but they have this thing about the cold. They they always seem to have the, the Super Bowl either in uh, Phoenix, or L.A., or Florida, oh, or uh, Las Vegas, 
Yeah, Las Vegas, they gave us one in Atlanta. I mean, they're, they're always warmer climate because they feel like they can make more money if people want to go out and 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 do all the little things that they, they have so many different things. Um, so it's a money thing. It's not going to change. Um, and, uh, you know, Boston, obviously, you know what Boston has, so it's not like they couldn't host the game. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um you know, yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. I think that, you know, the cold is a huge, huge factor because, um, you know, nobody nobody wants to freeze their butt going from the hotel to the arena, going to the hotel to the stadium. It's just, you know, and especially in February, you know, in Massachusetts, it gets really, really cold. I mean, windy, snowy, nobody, nobody wants to deal with that. Um so I, I completely understand. I completely, and then you know, if you're a Boston fan, you can't be mad. This is you know, this is mostly capitalism at its best, right? They get to choose where they're gonna play. They get to choose what festivities they're gonna have for the fans. So I, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. Um, Larry, I want to talk to you, and we can. All these are all intertwined somehow. So Embiid, 70 points. Dantich, 73 points. Town, 62 points. All points, major points within the last month. Larry, what do you attribute all these points to? Like, is it bad defense? Bad. Is it bad teams? Is bad it defense. good players? Bad what defense. Is it? It's, it's definitely bad defense. We can already look and we see that teams are scoring record numbers. As far as offense, not just these individual players, but teams overall are scoring higher. I mean, if you see a game that's under 100 points, you're like, what happened? Um, so I really think it's just bad defense. I'm not sure why the defense hasn't caught up yet because we're already way past half the season. We've got, what, 30 games left for the Celtics. So I'm not quite sure what's going on. Um, maybe they have too many rules that, that favor the offensive player. Uh, there's a lot of things that we can look at, but I just feel like I've seen very, very few good defensive games. And we're, like I said, we're like 50, 52 games in. So do you think that once the playoff starts, that all these teams are going to just turn it on and actually play defense? Because I know that, you know, the half court, once you get into a playoff, the the half court counts. So does that mean that we're not going to see these kind of numbers, team scoring 120, 130 points. The numbers will go down. You can actually look at some of the, uh, they used to call it home, home and away, but now it's home and home where they'll play a, a team twice. Um, and you get a chance to kind of coach. These coaches don't have time to do anything. I mean, we know that they don't practice that much. They don't really have time to coach. So when you get into like a series, these, these coaches have time to kind of, okay, work on matchups and do what they're supposed to be doing. And that's why the numbers start going down as far as, you know, like that. And if we look at the records for the for the home and homes, um, uh, it's, just, it's the same thing. Uh, it's kind of like baseball. You have an opportunity to kind of, you know, match up and, and put people in the right spot. Yeah, I think, um, I think once... You know, we'll talk about the Celtics trading for um, for those two players. But I think once you get into the playoffs, your rotation start goes smaller. 
you know, there's less people that you can trust. So if you're going to play defense, this is where your defensive proudness comes on. So I can see that. I can see that uh, happening. Um, Larry, let's talk about trades because there was one trade that I, there was many trades, but there was one trade that happened before the actual deadline. That was a Terry Rozier to Larry trade, the Miami. I pointed this out because I, out of all the trades, this one was actually a good one because I feel like Rozier is like blossoming into this score, right? And was he? He wasn't like that when the, with the Celtics, was he? They never gave him a chance. You know, I felt like they tried every combination. You know, we had uh, you know Kyrie Irving, we had obviously Marcus Smart, we had uh, Kemba Walker. Uh, so we had pretty much every chance, but it felt like when they had an opportunity to make him uh, the shooting the the, the, the the starter and that guy coming off the bench. They, they said, see you later. And so his best years were, I feel like, in Charlotte. And like you said, if you're on a bad team, you're not really going to see what someone can really do. So I think that we missed the opportunity with giving him an opportunity, giving him a chance. And so we never really had, like, the best of Rosier um, when we played the teams with this. I agree. And I also... I also noticed that he has to have the ball in his hand in order to be effective, right? So I think with the Celtics, he didn't have a chance to like walk the ball up or if he did, he had to give it up to uh, Tatum or Brown or, you know, Irving or some another score. He wasn't the main score, but I noticed when we went to, to Charlotte and now with Miami, when he has the ball in his hand, he can just you know, produce, let his creativity rise. And I think, you know, I think this was a smart trade. And I think that, again, Miami just doing smart things. They just, they just, Pat Riley just doing smart things. Um, Okay, Larry. So let's talk about the Boston Celtics. Because, you know, if we look back to the October, November, and December, we were like, you know, they need somebody to come off the bench and they need size and they because i think they they have scoring right they have scoring down to the science but they traded for xavier tillman and then they traded for Jaden springer so what's your opinion on these two players i feel like they were listening to us i mean we we said that they needed a power forward or a small forward just to kind of just stripping that bench out, you know, because you're not going to trust the bench when it comes down to the most important games. And the bench has been holding their own, but we know that they're missing something. And I think Xavier Tillman was the exact player that we needed. Um, um, and I think that, you know, you know, we so now you got Horford, you got you got Pritchard, uh, you got Hauser. So you have you have now a, a bench that you can rest. And you, you may not have to go to like a, you know, a, a six or a seven rotation. You can actually play some players and rest some players now. Uh, so I think they did a good job. Um, it's all about obviously chemistry, and because we got lucky with Porzingis and we got lucky with with Drew Holiday. Let's see how these new players fit in. Even though they're not really big time, you know, a lot of minutes, they're still going to need to do something 
and maybe be an X factor for us. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, with Xavier Tillman, he's a defensive player, right? He's, he goes out there, he blocks, he actually moves his feet. So I think that having him come off the bench, you're not really losing anything on the defensive side. You're actually gaining because, you know, from, from what I've seen so far, um, he's not really, he's, he won't play scared, right? And he won't, you know, he'll even intimidate some people, right? So I I like this, this pickup. I like this pickup a lot. And I think that he's going to get the rebounds. He's going to get blocks. I, you know, I, I want to see him in action, basically. I want to see, I know that he's, you know, he's had a couple of games when um, he's not ready yet, but I, I like, I like so far what, what they're thinking with this Tillman acquisition. Uh, Jaden Springer, what do you think about this? He's only 21 years old. What do you think, Larry? I don't know too much about him yet. And I don't know how many minutes he's going to get now that we're only 30 games up. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. You know, I feel like these are the two players that we needed. I didn't really like. Uh, no offense to our bench, but I feel like they, they need more time. They can be the players that Glad we got rid of him. Um, I think it was uh, Stevens. Yeah, Stevens, and um, and uh, we have some picks now. But um, so I think it was a good thing. I don't know how Springer is going to work, um, but we'll see. Um, and I don't and again, well, if we get some maybe like a subpar blowout, we might be able to see them play some minutes and we can see how they flow. No, I I I like I like this this Jerry Springer as a. Maybe like a, a workaround, like uh, he's not, I don't know if he's ready to for heavy minutes, even though Brad Stevens thinks that he's going to be usable when come playoff time. I, you know, I, I have to see it to believe it, but, you know, from what I see, he's definitely athletic. He can definitely play defense. Um, maybe the basketball IQ is not there yet, but. You know, I think he, the Brad Stevens must see something that we don't. So let let's see. Let's time time will tell whether or not this was a a good a good pickup. But I, I like I like you know I like his rawness. Basically, I know that sounds kind of like very vague, but I, I like where he's coming from as far as his rawness. Um, Larry, let's talk. All-Star Weekend, because I know we're doing this podcast. All-Star Weekend is going to be next next weekend. Um, Jalen Brown um, is going to do the dunk contest. Is that going to be enough for you to watch the All-Star Weekend? <sighs> wow. Um, yeah, I think so. I think they, they got that, and I think they have some LED uh, LED courts that they're using. Um, it's it's been tough for I would say every of, of the four major sports. It's been tough to kind of boost to this All Star Weekend. It used to be just great because you got like some of the best players playing, but then it got to a point where they didn't want people to get injured, so the teams didn't play that hard. Um, so they've been you know they've been doing a lot of different things. All I think all four of the major sports been doing different things to make it exciting. So I give them that opportunity, but. You know, we still know that the numbers are not like 
like the playoffs or like a, like a Super Bowl that the All Star will never be at that level. So I think they just need to make it make it to what it is. Uh, you know, it can maybe compete with like, you know, um, I don't know, uh, like an Olympic type thing or something like that. But it's never going to be like uh, playoffs or or a championship. Um, just the way it is. Yeah, I mean. You know, I think with the MLB, they made the All-Star game that whoever wins um, that that particular conference gets um, home court advantage, which I thought it was okay, fine. But players were not really trying. The managers were trying, but not really the players. You know, All-Star weekend, it is what it is. It's just a pageantry, right? It's kind of like the Pro Bowl. My mate, even like... Because the Pro Bowl, they don't even wear pads. It's a flag football. So it's, you know, when Tatum wins the most valuable player, I'm like, he's not really winning the most valuable player. He's kind of winning like, hey, you try the hardest, I guess. But how hard is to try during the All-Star game, right? It's just like nobody plays defense. You know, the points are like 140 to 160. It's... It is it's just for the fans, right? This just exactly. It's just for exactly. the fans. Um, yeah. So, do you, what are your? I don't know what the other competition is, but what do you think Jalen Brown chances of winning this uh, dunk contest? Uh, again, I don't know who else is going up against them, but there could be a sleeper in there that we don't know about. Uh, I mean, we saw that guy that was playing with Philly. Uh, you know, he that's what he used to do. And just dunk. It's all he used to do is dunk. Yeah, he doesn't get much playing time, but he can dunk. And uh, we know Jalen Brown is very athletic. We know he can dunk, but he, he's more like a power dunker. You know, and those are the ones that make us go ooh and ah. So what can he do when he's not dunking over somebody when he's actually, no one else is on the court and he's doing it? Is he creative enough? Because I feel like you have to be creative. You have to be innovative. Um, you know, so we'll see. Um, I don't think... I. Think he'll do better with this than than a three point contest, but you know I don't think I'm not sure if he's going to win unless uh, unless he has a really good team that's being created for. Yeah, creativity is key here because I feel like we've seen most of the dunks by now, right? It, you know, you're like you, you're not really gonna you know jump out of your seat when you see like a 180 or 360 dunk. It's just it's not gonna happen. So let let's see what Jalen does. Um, Larry, who are you giving your Tommy points to? Uh, I really see. You know, every every month we do this. It's always someone that sticks out. You know, and of course, your 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 same old same old people would be on there. Like you know, White. Uh, I think Pritchard got one at one point. Um, but I had to go with Prazingis on this one. Uh, for some reason, I feel like he is an X factor, uh, the way he plays offense and then goes back and plays defense. Um, you know, I did not know how well he's going to fit with us. Um, but you know, I definitely see it now. So I think, uh, I give him the Tommy points. Yeah, I did. I did exactly what you did. Um, I gave it to Pasingas because to be honest with you, when he's, when he's playing, as opposed to not playing when he's in the starting lineup, it's a different team. Uh, defensively, offensively, um, 
it's just a different team. And I think that I, I didn't think that he was going to be such a, you know, such a big factor when he when he came onto the team. But I feel like both him, both Tatum, both Brown, you know, White, they all like utilize him some way, somehow, where there's a high pick, where there is a, a play through him because he's a good passer. Without Pasingas, they would not be the number one team. Would do you agree with that? Yeah, I do agree. I I think they might be you know second and third, and I think some other other teams wouldn't have been working so hard during the trade trade deadline. And uh, you know we saw what Miami went and got Rozier. Um, we saw Milwaukee went and got Beverly. Uh, so there's these teams are working hard so they can try to catch up to the Celtics. So the Celtics have been number one. I would say pretty much the entire year, and that's that's not just the East, but also they've been um, number you know ahead of the West as well. So, yeah, and then I and you know what I saw, I saw a stat when I was watching one of the games um, where after January first, the uh, the net rating for Boston Celtics is negative five. You know, before January. You know, December, November, they were plus 15. So I was like, hmm, this is strange. So what what do you think is happening that they're not scoring as much as they used to? And now they're in the negative as far as like the offense to defense points per game. Why? Why do you think that Boston is falling off? They're, they're playing too well. You know, we all know. When you play well, every team goes after you. It's, it's like they won the championship last year. Like, they didn't win. Denver won. But for whatever reason, Boston's in the spotlight. You can't have, like, a, a run at home where you you win 20 in a row. Uh, you can't have a record where it looks like you're going to catch up with the Chicago Bulls and Golden State Warriors. All that was in play for the Celtics, you know, during that, that you know, when we go back to January and into December. All that was in play for them. I mean, they were undefeated at home. They were they were uh, under under ten games lost. Uh, so teams start giving them your best, and they want to beat them because they think that's the team that's going to win. And so it just like it, it just happened too early for the Celtics, and now you know the Celtics are coming back to earth. Uh, you see it with their numbers. Teams are not really you know not really going all out now to try to beat them. And uh, the pressure now, I think, is going to go back. Is going to is going to actually go to L.A. Clippers. Uh, I think the Clippers are the ones that everyone wants to try to beat now because they look like the the team that's going to end up doing it. Well, let's let's jump into the Clippers because who did you nominate as your GM roundtable? I did. I did nominate Trent Redden, uh for the Clippers, and and the thing is because I feel like they lost like six or seven games right off the bat as soon as they got Harden, and they could have said, you know what, this is not going to work. Let's let's go ahead and end this early, you know, sort of like what Milwaukee did with their coach, but they didn't. You know, they 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 stayed at it, and they are destroying teams. Um, and um, you know, I think the only two teams, that, I think other than New York Knicks, and New York Knicks are obviously playing really well as well. But the Clippers, I mean, the last since like let's go back to January first. I mean, I think they lost one two games. That's it. Yeah, and you know. And we we both and I don't mean to step on power rankings, but we both have them as the top five teams. 
Now, usually for my GM roundtable, I nominate a winning GM, but this time I'm going to go with Will Dawkins from the Washington Wizards because, you know, I know that they gave the Celtics all they can handle just previously, but before that, I don't know what's going on with this team, but they are terrible. I think they are nine and like 40 or something like that. Nine and 41. I don't know why they decided to give Poole all this money or, you know, he just got an extension from Golden State and then they, they signed and traded him. What's, what's going on with the Wizards? Like, other than Tyus Jones, which played pretty well the other day, and uh, Avila, I think that's his name. They don't have anybody, anybody else. They, I thought that they would be collecting draft picks. And when it came to the trade deadline, they didn't trade any players. Did it? Did they not have any players? Did they not want to part ways with Pool? Didn't anybody want Pool? So my question about Will Dawkins is, what what are you doing with the Wizards? What's going on? Why are you so bad? You don't even have a good coach and staff. You don't even have good players. I'm just like, if I was a fan, a, Wiz- a Wizards fan, I would be, you know, throwing my hands up. Like, nine games by All-Star break? This is, I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted by it. Uh, yeah, the Wizards did really well last year. Uh, they, they Kuma, you know, Kuzma. I, I didn't think they always had a, had him at the same level with Tatum. I was like, he's nowhere close to Tatum. Um, and then Porzingis had a breakout season, and uh, and then um, you know, I just thought their overall flow, you know, was interesting. But I, they still and they still had Beal at that point. Um, so I think they were they were an interesting team. But you know, the Wizards, you know, they remind me of you know. Almost like a Detroit Lions team, like they're they're never going to do. What they, I mean, they had Jordan who couldn't do anything with Jordan. So I don't know. I just think that that's just the the way it is. And uh, last year, I really gave them a lot of credit. They did really well. Um, so I, I'm curious to see what they got for Porzingis. I'm curious to see what they got um, for Beal. Um, and if they're if they're trying to work on something going forward, I don't really know what the mindset is. Um, with the Wizards, um, they are worse than they were last year. Um, Poole is a good player, but Poole is a good player because no one was guarding him because they were worried about Steph Curry and everybody else that was on that team. Um, and then you see how Porzingis, I mean, Porzingis hasn't give, given 100%, not one game yet, and he still looks like an all-star. So it's just it's just amazing how when you take a great player and put him on a team, um, it, just, it just becomes a different type of atmosphere. And and, you know, Poole will probably never be like he was before because now he's been exposed. So I think it ruined it for him. He should have, you know, should have never. Well, he should have just took that punch and then been, been, been quiet. I guess. <laughs> just took the punch and be like, you know what? Let's get along. <laughs> Don't train me. Let's get along. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about power rankings. Larry, who is your top 10 team power rankings? Um, of course, I want to go Boston first. Um, I'm scared of L.A. I don't know what the L.A. Clippers can do um, as soon as they keep playing. You know, we had we had power teams like this before, but something would always happen when they weren't able to play with each other a lot. Um, I, I think I remember Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets, they didn't play that many games. 
Um, but I feel like the Clippers have played a lot of games together, so now it could it could really create chaos. Denver, of course, is my third. Then Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota's kind of fell off. I I had them higher before. OKC is always there. They could jump jump over Minnesota very easily. Um, uh, both Minnesota and OKC won, lost games that I didn't expect them to lose. And then Milwaukee, um, I think um, because of the good good luck from Doc Rivers, they 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 got a shot. And the New York Knicks are climbing. Um, Indiana fell, even though they got a good trade with uh, 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 Paso Siakam. I I still think uh, Indiana is missing something, and I think it's called defense. And then Phoenix. Uh, and then my last one was Dallas. Yeah, I, I, I agree. All those teams are really good and up and coming. Uh, I put Boston first, but only because they have the best record in the, in the NBA. But I, you know, we'll talk about January. I feel like January was too tight, too tight games to be closed. Um, I have Minnesota as number two. I think they're up and coming. Denver, you can never forget. Basically, a lot of West Conference teams because to me, that they're the toughest conference. So I got Clippers at number four. I was kind of shocked that Kawhi Leonard didn't make the starting rotation for the All-Star because he is playing lights out. Whether his field goal, whether his steals, he's playing lights out. And I didn't think this was capable because so many years since he was playing like this in 2019 to 2024, he's playing lights out. Incredible. Uh, number five, I got OKC. Number six, Milwaukee, because Giannis just is a monster. He won't lose. New York Knicks. Excellent trades, excellent trades. I, I, if there was one team that would say that they did trade right, did the trading right, I would say the New York Knicks. Then I have Indianapolis, number eight. Philly at number nine, but now we know that MB is probably going to be out for a minute and they just traded a bunch of players. So they might have fallen off the top 10. Uh, and then I have Sacramento. I think Sacramento got screwed when it came to the All-Star game. Fox and Sabonis should have been picked. They should have been picked because they're, they're really good players. But again, when we talk about the All-Star, it's fan voting and some coaches and journalists, but they're not, you know, they're not, obviously they're not going to be bigger than the fans. They're not going to have as many vote as advance so I, I I put them out of respect I put them as, as my top 10 team uh, Larry let's talk about January because January the team went 11 and 5 overall you know and I picked them to go 6 and 10 you picked them to go 10 and 6 but there was one game that I highlighted because I was just like wow this game was incredible. And that was uh, the game against the Minnesota Timberwolves on January 10th. Uh, to me, after watching them November, October, December, this was to me was the game of the year. Uh, Larry, what did you think 
overall about the Celtics record, overall about this game. And, and then there was one game where we actually, we thought that they would lose. And that was this game. They ended up winning. And then the Indiana game, they ended up winning. So what what what, what are your thoughts? Uh, there, you know, I think that you don't really know what Celtics team will come up and sometimes the opponent makes a difference um and i think the minnesota was that that minnesota game was that was away right that wasn't at home right that was away no that was Um, that was uh that was at home that was at home yeah so that was at home did we still have the streak at that point uh yeah they still have the streak because we didn't denver didn't beat us till the 19th yeah so i think you know and tatum may have said this he you know i wasn't ready to lose and um, and that was that was an interesting game, I think, because you know, you know, we we've we've been having struggles with some of the top tier teams, and uh, so I think that that could have went either way, and so that was that was pretty cool um, that we were able to pull that out. Um, that was a great game. Um, I think it wasn't a back to back. It was we played Indiana two days before that, um, but Tatum wasn't the highest score. I think Tatum only had like a, a subpar game and, and Brown ended up winning that game with, with ended up um, uh, winning that game with 40 points. So Tatum was, was due for something. And he, I think he ended up with like 45 points in that Minnesota game and, and just came off in that second, that second half. So that was, that was pretty good. Um, I was, uh, I, I, what we need to talk about is, is the fact that you gave them six and 10 for January. That's what we really need to talk about. Because um, well, we, we said that we didn't think that was going to work, but you were being really hard on them. And I want to know why you were so hard uh, on the Celtics in January. The reason why I was so hard was because I knew that they had they had a lot of issues with Indiana and they played Indiana three times the month of January. So I, I knew that they were going to have a hard time those games, but... They ended up going uh, two and two and one against Indiana, so that was a plus. So I was like, okay, they kind of figured out what the Indiana does, I think. Um, and then I didn't think that they were gonna play so well against Miami. They ended up blowing them out, one forty three to one ten. So there, you know, a lot of those games that I thought that they were gonna have trouble with, they ended up not having trouble at all it was to me it was eye-opening because they they beat the teams that i thought that they were going to have trouble with so that's why i gave them a six and ten but again this was at you know we did this at the beginning of october and i was like no i don't want to change it because i want to i want to see with my eyes that they can handle these teams and that's why I gave my Tommy point to Pasingas because each of these games where Pasingas plays, they're just a different team. And the fact that they were able to beat Miami, they were able to beat Indiana. I mean, yes, the Lakers game was a letdown, but we both we both uh, thought that they would lose that game, even though even though that LeBron and AD didn't play which, to be honest, they should have won that game. Um, I just thought that those games were 
a loss for the Celtics, but they proved me wrong. I have to eat some crow because they proved me wrong as far as, you know, those games. And then there was a couple of losses that I thought that, you know, Houston, Toronto, but, you know, Houston at home is a different team. And they were playing Houston um, in Boston Garden. So I should have maybe paid attention to the fact that that was a home game for the Celtics and not a away game. So, you know, that's why I was rough. And, you know, when we when we did February, I know that we're like halfway through February. But, you know, so far... They're proving us. I gave them to be seven and three. You said they will be five and five. So let's see. Let's see what the final tally is for February. I know there's not too many games because of the All Star, but right. I I I think that these are easy games. They had the home stand. I think they went four and two and uh, excuse me, five and two during the home stand. So you know, I know they play Miami today at two. So we'll see. We have uh, we have them losing today, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. That's you know, Larry. That is why I went six and ten for January. I just I thought those teams were gonna give them trouble, but again, Posingas he should wear a cape because he comes in and you know everything runs through Posingas. If he's not there, I feel like we go into this like one on one games. Tatum one on one, Jalen Brown one on one. I I don't want to see that. That's the old like, you know, that's the old Doc Rivers. I won't even say Brad Stevens because he eventually went to the front office. But I don't I don't like to see one on one games. I like to see the ball moving. I like to see high screen picks. I like to see you know Hauser hitting that three, Pritchard hitting that three because the ball is moving. So. Yeah, that that is why, Larry. That is why. Don't. That's fair. That's fair. I, I think your argument was fair. I mean, one thing you had right. This was going to February, uh, January was going to be their worst month, and it was their worst month. They lost five games. I think they only won, lost four games previously before that, and maybe two in 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 that previous month. And then, of course, they went undefeated in uh, October, I believe it was. So, um, but I am saying that February is going to be their worst month. And, uh, you know, starting off, they obviously we know they lost to L.A. And um, they they recovered a little bit. But uh, I guess they're going to lose this game against Miami. Yeah, we have um, them losing, but we don't know. We don't know. They We don't know who's going to show up for Miami. I yeah, feel like they're, true. you know, sometimes they're resting guys. Sometimes, you know. I mean, Tyler Hero, he's definitely a scorer, but I feel like if he doesn't get going, then they don't really have a score. Robinson, I feel like he can have a great game or he can have a really terrible game. To be honest, the person that scares me most in Miami is uh, Haskins, Haskins Jr. That dude, and I I think he's healthy now, so he's going to play. That guy just gets to the basket and scores. Um, and, and he's he doesn't he doesn't why you wow 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 you with moves he just starts dribbling and takes it to the basket I he like I wish I don't know and he wasn't drafted very high he was just kind of like a 
I think he played in Gonzaga. I'm not sure. It's it's a West Coast college, but man, can he, this guy play for, you know, for, I think he's like 6'10". I don't know. He's, he's definitely not in the Tatum. He's not yet, <laughs> not yet in the Tatum, but he's going to get there once he has a mid, mid jump, mid range jumper and start hitting threes. He's going to get there. So, I don't know. This game can be a toss-up Super Bowl Sunday, so who knows? Maybe they keep it going. Who knows? Yes, exactly. Um, yes. Larry, to close out, is there anything else that you want to tell the Boston fans out there, the Celtics fans out there? Boston fans, we have the best team on paper. Um, as long as we don't have any serious INGs, uh, we should be fine. Um, so let's just let's just take these next couple of months to to get our bench the way we want it and, and work that out. And uh, it should be no issues with on the east side. Um, there's some concerns in the west, but hey, at least we're in that we're in the finals. Yes, we're listen. We need to for the next couple of months maintain the number one status, get that home court advantage. I know. People say oh, it doesn't matter whether you play home or away. You need listen. It does matter. It does matter if you play at home or away. <laughs> yes, it does matter. So let's let's do this. Let's keep keep it going. Yes, everyone's gonna be after the Celtics or the number one team. But you know what? If you don't like it, if you don't like the competition, then maybe it's time to move out. Maybe it's time for to switch teams and go to Washington and, you know, just labor there, play no defense, score when you want to. Don't even listen to the what the coaches say. Just do what you want to do. But if you want to be a competitor, if you want to be anointed that you're the best team in the NBA, stick stick with the Boston Celtics. Stick with the, with the fan base that has... 17 championships and you'll be fine you'll be fine absolutely all right well larry uh episode number five uh in probably like two weeks because i don't want to fall behind like we did with the trade deadline so we'll get along we'll get back we'll be back in two weeks and maybe maybe we'll have a, a guest i don't know i'm working on it so maybe we'll have a guest when we do uh, episode number five so in that case larry i say peace all right my man take it easy all right hey guys thanks again for watching uh don't forget to like and subscribe if you, any questions or comments feel free to hit us up on uh shut your mouth podcast at gmail.com that's shut ym podcast at gmail.com you can also hit us on twitter or on instagram at SYM Podcast. Thanks again.